Alright everyone, welcome to Brandon at Random Reviews. I am your host, Brandon Griffiths. For those of you that are not familiar with the special trading ratings format, this is the basic premise. For each episode, we will pick one director, actor, character, subject, something along those lines, a unifying theme, and each of us will rate six of their major movies on a scale of E being the worst, going all the way up, DCBA, to S, which is the absolute best rating that we can give. It's like the top tier. We just agree on the movies going in and then talk about them in a set order and that's just how we do it. So Dan and I will go back and forth talking about how we feel about the movies, our different thoughts about it, and then we will give our rating. I'll let Dan kind of explain what our topic is for this series of episodes. So yeah, so uh, this time we're going to talk about quintessential 90s comedies. And you might be asking yourself, well, what is a quintessential 90s comedy? What does that mean? Does that mean movies that defined the decade? Does it mean movies that reflect or represent the decade? Does it mean movies that would have only worked in the decade? And if they were made 10 years earlier or 10 years later, they wouldn't have clicked as well or the same if you didn't like it? (laughs) Um, Or are they just movies we associate with the 90s? 90s for some reason kind of going further than that even in my mind as we put the list together was like how do you define quote unquote the 90s is it any movie that is made between january 1st 1990 to december 31st 1999 or is it more of a from a cultural or pop culture perspective you could argue that the 90s really didn't start on january 1st 1990 right especially if a movie came out in january that year it was probably filmed in the 80s technically right that kind of thing what do you think of when you think of the 90s. In my mind, the 90s starting point is really more in 1991, especially with like Nirvana's Nevermind. That's where kind of it feels like it really switched from an 80s aesthetic to like something more associated with the 90s with grunge or not so much the color schemes because obviously, you know, Nirvana wasn't wearing bright teal and purples that I associate with the 90s, but like the 90s kind of start more in like 91-ish. And then similarly, you know, they don't necessarily end December 31st, 1999, it feels like, again, culturally, the 90s didn't really, you know, we didn't really come out of it probably until like, you know, maybe even September 11th of, you know, 2001, where everything changed. So that's kind of where I was in my head of trying to define where these movies fit in. And then I also, I really wanted to focus on like, how do these relate to my experience of the 90s, right? I was eight years old when they started. I was 18 years old when they ended. So really like the 90s defined my entire adolescence and teenage years. I was kind of an 80s kid. But really, I don't remember much of the 80s, right? When, when you're, if I'm really honest with myself, I'm much more, you know, my brain thinks 90s. So anyway, that's my kind of intro spiel uh, with that. Do you want to just jump into the first one or give a preview of the six that we're going to be talking about? Um, I, I guess, I mean, we'll keep it mysterious just okay. for fun's sake. And, and the first movie that we're going to talk about is called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead from 1991. It stars Christina Applegate and... And others is what I put. Like, there's just, there aren't really, like, I mean, there are names that, like, there's faces I recognize and stuff, but I'm like, I don't, like, none of these names are, like, really, like, household names at all, aside from her, so. Or um, uh, David Duchovny, I guess, makes a, plays a small supporting role. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, like he just, yeah, he pops up out of nowhere. But yeah, but I, I had to say he's starring, 
starring Christina Applegate, and that, yeah. that was all. I <laughs> that's yeah, that's where the main star. <laughs> right. This one, like, I, I just remember watching when I was little. I found out today that it was actually written by a teenager. Like, it was a a really mm. young guy he's still a writer but like he he wrote this when he was still a teenager and it's like it was such like the ultimate kid fantasy movie of like mom leaves home the babysitter's not there it's like what are we gonna do what ridiculous things could we come up with to do in this time with no supervision whatsoever. They just fucking go wild. And I, I feel like most people I talk to when I talk about this movie, like I always get like a, a strong reaction. Like they're like, oh, like, yes, like that movie. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, right, it's right. just like, I mean, like, because it's just ridiculous, like starting with the title. I mean, it's a ridiculous title for a movie, but I mean, it's it's funny. You know, it's it's a it's a good concept, mm -hmm. but I did not know that bit about uh, it was written by a teenager. That actually kind of surprises me because it seems uh, the parts with her in the professional world and, and stuff like that actually. Uh, I, guess that, I guess the guy was actually like in like he was getting into the fashion mm. industry and that's like mm, where he pulled okay. most. So okay. it made. Yeah, that that would make more sense, I guess. So so getting into kind of the, you know, again, relating it to our theme here, the 90s. So this is the one that upon rewatching. I'm not sure that I would think of this as a 90s movie. It did come out, you know, establishing my my previous, you know, start of the cultural 90s, which is completely and utterly subjective, right? Right. But it did come out before Nevermind. It predated that. The clothes they wear, the the way they talk and everything definitely feels more 80s. It looks like a, an 80s movie to me. Having said that, I did really think that the opening sequence felt very 90s. The cartoon oh, yeah. sequence, and there was a lot of teals and purples. And then later in the movie, when she, you know, becomes like the the fashion mogul kind of whatever person, I felt like those were very kind of progressively 90s looks. Even if, oh, yeah. like her brother felt like something out of a very cliche 80s movie right? right with his you know even the twisted sister and 80s music references he had like <laughs> 80s metal posters on his wall like it was very it felt very 80s to me with the exception of that fashion piece which was part of the plot definitely the first note i had was this is the very first thing i thought of when i was watching the movie it's a very 80s 90s movie but i yeah, mean it's yeah. 91 so it only makes sense it and it really does straddle the inflection point there between the 80s and 90s as we said you know like that with some of those fashions and the in the colors again during that opening sequence felt very 90s to me so who knows maybe that's where some of them uh, took off i don't know i'm not an, a cultural expert but I, I definitely saw tones of both in the movie as far as the movie itself went it was it, it was the first time i've watched it in probably 20 close to 30 years honestly so yeah. i remember as, as you mentioned like you know when you said let's include this one i was like oh god i remember that movie it was so funny it was not as laugh out loud funny as i remember no. it being as a kid definitely no. uh it felt almost more of a drama at times than a oh, true absolutely. comedy uh, I did one of the things that I, I wrote down right in the beginning when they sh showed her mom and somebody said she was 37. I was like, oh, my God, parents. <laughs> back then. Now, 
Granted, she was 46 in real life, the uh, actress that played the mom. But <laughs> when she said 37, yeah. I was like, are they like being sarcastic or is she supposed to be a 37-year-old mom right here? <laughs> it is really like, cr- it's crazy to think about like, th- I mean that, like uh, how old did they seem? You know, the, the, the adults in this movie seem so much older mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, that they're really supposed to be right. 30s, 40s, you know, like at, at, at right. the oldest and it's like, holy shit uh, on a similar. So Christina Applegate. I, right. I know like huge married with children. They were doing the woo every time she showed up on screen. Yeah. It was like, she was, was huge at the time when oh, this came out. Yes. She was 100%. If you look at like IMDB, you know, if somebody has upcoming projects and you'll see like upcoming Christina Applegate project, this right. feels like it was pulled out of a bin somewhere. The script as like, here's something we can put Christina Applegate in and make a hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like it right. feels like they found something for her not the other way around like they didn't go searching for the perfect star like this was a christina applegate engine right (laughs) i yeah i would agree with that it seems because i mean it is you probably weren't old enough i definitely wasn't old enough that it was like christina applegate was like the it girl yet Mm -hmm. because we were just i mean you were yeah eight i mean she definitely was the it girl right before i would have been cognizant of an it girl or you know what i mean like she was just ahead of that for me not that you know i wouldn't have known by the time i was a teenager that christina applegate was hot stuff because it's not like she just disappeared when i turned 13 or anything but she definitely she was the hot stuff for like probably my brother's age who's five years older than me right that's why i was thinking i'm like this had to be so many teenage guys dream movie like they just Mm -hmm. (laughs) were so excited so like I don't know I mean like we talked about her brother who is like barely he must be barely younger than her I don't remember if they say how old he was in this movie but then there's like these other like there's there's so many more kids than I remember in this movie in this family like you've got <laughs> right. like my favorite by far is this this middle child the brother that is like he has that that hairstyle he looks like like Leo in Titanic and Edward Furlong in Terminator 2 and like the, flop, just, the floppy hair curtains. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this was such a fucking hairstyle yeah. for the whole, like the whole 90s. It was like, yeah. uh, it's like Joey on Friends. Like when he first started, he had his hair just dangling all over yep. the place and stuff. And it's like, holy fuck. Yeah, like, you know, like, just, like, in any era, you can look back on it and be like, oh my God, that was a, an embarrassing trend. You know, like I feel like <laughs> the, the 70s had their elephant bell bottoms, you know, th- that were um. ridiculous in retrospect, that were, you know, plaid and whatever. For the 90s, I feel like it's those haircuts. Yes. <laughs> like oh, people, yes. people have to look back at their 90s haircuts and be like, what was I thinking? You know, that oh, like yeah. frosted tips and floppy hair curtains, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the 80s was no better. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's wild. The, the, so, I yeah, mean, the giant perms. <laughs> Right. That's like probably like as I was watching, like the biggest indicator of like Mm. that is so 90s, like it's ridiculous. But like the actual plot of this movie, I forget that you really even experienced the babysitter early on. I kind of Mm -hmm. was feeling like 
she was gone even quicker than she was in this movie. I felt the same way. I didn't remember how quickly she's in and out. It felt like it was 45 seconds. This mean, nasty old lady shows up and 30 seconds later, they discover she's dead and get on with it, which honestly is probably for the better because nobody would have wanted to sit there through 10 minutes so of, you know, that's, the babysitter baby. that's my awesome <laughs> trivia thing. Apparently they were going to make the first 20 minutes of this movie mm-hmm. be like a murder mystery type thing where they try and figure out how the babysitter really? died. They were just like, yeah, get, get that the fuck out of here. Like we yeah, don't it need doesn't matter. To do with yeah. That. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She's shit. old. She's dead. Let's get on with the, right. the fun. Right. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine like you're, you're in this situation and your babysitter dies and you actually, I know it's a movie, but they fucking throw this lady in like an old trunk and <laughs> drop her off at the mortuary. Like the, the crematorium or whatever and just leave a note what are we doing here you'd think that uh you know there would have been some sort of uh police detective work going on like who is this lady how did she die where did she come from did somebody murder her and drop her off here like right (laughs) yeah the only other note that i had was a fifty thousand dollars for the fashion show that apparently they paid for with petty cash i don't know about you but i don't think i've ever worked in an office that had 50 grand in 19 91 dollars in right. cash in a drawer. Like, holy like, shit. I, I estimate that to be like 2.6 million dollars by today's right. standards. Like, right. that's like, fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. Usually there's like, you know, a hundred bucks in case you need to, you know, emergency coffee run or something, right? Right. Or office supplies. Somebody needs to run down and get a stapler because the stapler broke, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I, yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually used petty cash. I think I've worked mm-hmm. in an office that did and it's, but like, I never had reason i'm like i'm watching this i'm like there's no fucking way that that's how petty cash is going down like they're they just would not have <laughs> yeah that yeah. much flowing in and out of it all the tens time tens of thousands of dollars in petty right. cash yeah probably not but i don't know i don't work in the fashion industry so may, right, maybe that's, that that's true. maybe the guy who wrote it worked in an office where they had fifty thousand dollars in petty cash in the drawer I mean, just just a couple of things. I'll kind of I'll kind of fly through. I'm like, so the the '90s technology I absolutely love in this one. Like, you get the fax machine, copy mm-hmm. machine. You get this that they, stereo one system. Of the, yeah, the kids order yep. the stereo system, and it's like it's got like a like yeah. a less than twenty inch TV on the top of it, and it is like the state of the art technology. Right. Right. You know, and, oh my god, I couldn't give that away right now unless I found somebody that was like really into yeah. old technology, but like. The the massive CD disc changer, though, like I, to me, I feel oh, like that yeah. is quintessential '90s premium entertainment center technology, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I always remember. I was like fascinated because, like, I didn't have one of those until I was an, a decent amount older. When I mm-hmm. saw those, I was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing! You can listen to that many CDs in rotation. Yep. Like, you don't have to do anything. Like, yeah. Remember the disc changers in the trunks of cars? Like, you know, you can oh my five God. CDs in your trunk, but right. if you if you wanted to change them out, you had to pull over, open the trunk, and <laughs> right. change them, which seems so absurd now. <laughs> but it was it like, man, ridiculous. I got a five disc changer in the trunk, man. I'm, I got it made. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah God. kids these days would be like wait what <laughs> what did you have to do <laughs> and like this one this is like it's per- a perfect example of casual ripped jeans everywhere mm. and that was to me definitely like 
early 90s and then like late 90s became like jinkos and like yeah yeah well like the, that. i feel like mid 90s was jinkos for me because it was middle yeah. school is is when i had a pair <laughs> oh and we'll, yeah by the way we'll get to that <laughs> right right fair enough but, yeah yeah ripped up jeans though definitely feels like something that carried across because whether it was like 80s hair metal or like 90s grunge ripped up jeans were like an essential part of that outfit right so i don't have a whole lot else to say about this one uh like i said it ended up as i watched it i with the few exceptions we talked about, it felt very much more 80s to me. It wasn't as, like I said, it wasn't as laugh out, out loud funny as I remembered it being, though I did think it was still a good movie. And the scenes, especially with like the kids versus adults, and they kind of flipped their their roles, I thought was mm. pretty funny. But overall, my grade for it, watching it again for the first time 30 years later, I gave it a C. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't uh, think I'd seek it out to watch it again, necessarily. The one note I did want to make, because I know that you'll absolutely love this. The script was actually written with Winona Ryder in mind. Really? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's... Because this would have been right around the Beetlejuice era where she played the the teenager, the teenage girl in Beetlejuice. I could totally see her Yeah, and I think the role. reason she yeah. didn't do it was I think maybe like Edward Scissorhands. Like, that was mm, why. Okay. I think that was 90 or 91. Well, but I yeah, think my, my, Christina Applegate was perfect for it, so... <laughs> yeah, I do. I agree. I give this one a B. I still hold it pretty near and dear, but like, it's it, it's got its flaws. Mm. I mean, it's just... I still enjoy it, and I I know I'll go back and revisit personally. But like, yeah. it's it's just really to me. I I still find it to be fun, and just it's I'm never going to enjoy it as much as I did <laughs> when I first saw right. it. Cause, right, you right. know, it's just I can't right. go back there, but. You know, so yeah, th- yeah this is one I feel like has not aged that well, in my personal opinion. No, not, no, not I mean, in terms of like they were doing stuff that you couldn't get away with now or anything, because uh, that'll pop up in a couple of these later ones too. Right, but but it just I don't know, it felt kind of dated to me. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, it's, I, like I would think if a, if a kid watched it today, they would be bored. Oh, absolutely, you they know? wouldn't even understand what yeah, a lot of stuff right, was going right. on, but. So yeah, that's that is don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And so next time on trading ratings, we'll be talking about a movie that I'll probably tease in the graphic that follows me talking right now. So <laughs> have a good rest of your day. Bye now. Brandon at Random Reviews artwork, theme music, and podcast are written, performed, recorded, engineered, directed, and produced by Brandon Griffiths in association with Brandon at Random Reviews Entertainment. 